0: It
1: is what it is. Because I'm the kind of you want to know why. I don't care.
0: My plan is to harness the energy of babies. So
1: It should be a lot of fun.
0: That's what we call at home, all foam and no beer. That would be no problem. So then I was like, yay! Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response.
2: This is Ed McMahon, and now,
1: here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, C's in your. a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, everybody. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The inverted yield curve. (coughs) Not to be confused with the perverted yield curve, which strokes your thigh. Now, we had one alert listener complain that uh, that, uh, he can't discern our inverted yield curve warning buzzer. From our earthquake warning buzzer, they are similar. From our impending World War III warning sound, now there is a sameness. See his point, really? There's a sameness. Well, there's the sameness to those three warnings. Whatever. I can see how you'd get confused. Everybody's a critic, so we'll be working on that later in the show. So our general manager was... The inverted yield curve, Jack. <laughs> it's historically been a sign of coming recession. Something I'd never thought about once in my entire life. Well, that's it. You're a fool. <laughs> is now our general manager. Because it happened nine times before a recession going back to 1955. Never mind that the most recent time was two full years before the recession hit, which means it could be just something that happened before the recession hit. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like a lot of things. More yellow cars were sold before the recession hit. Is that yeah, an indicator? Uh, oh right. Anyway. Very exciting. Well, it's like I said yesterday, the media is so thrilled with the idea of a recession because they think it might give them a chance to boot out Trump. Right. That uh, they, they really want to push that narrative. And of course, the scary part is if people hear the word, the R word, enough, they might not buy a car or a house or go on a certain vacation or whatever. Or expand their factory, and uh, people run companies too. Oh, I hope I hope somebody at that level doesn't hmm. make the decisions based on cable news chatter. But I can see normal people not, you know, holding off on buying a car pretty easily. Oh my god! I just realized I left my coffee in the in the office. I don't have my coffee, Michael. Soundly, Joe doesn't have his coffee alarm. <laughs> wow, was... What the? How did I forget? After all these junkies that I am, I dang it. Yeah, that one's completely different. Uh, It has a different timber than the other. Yes, it's the timber. (laughs) You must listen for it. So there's a new Epstein story I just saw when I walked in. He had broken bones in his neck. Mm -hmm. More consistent with a homicide than a suicide, according to one person. Who You got it. You might talk to a different expert (laughs) who says the opposite, but... Yeah, what does that guy know? Yeah, let's not let him get in the way of our fun. (laughs) I don't know anything about this, but I wouldn't expect... Back to you to break bones on your neck when you hang yourself like that. But uh, what do I know? Uh, Nothing. I know. Yeah, I, this is all getting a little silly. But. Well, th- th- one expert said it's more consistent with homicide than suicide. Was he drunk? And there was a story yesterday that the the, the reason they moved the guy out of his cell, or he, they took him off suicide watch, he wanted off suicide watch, is the guy attacked him in his cell. That's how he ended up on the floor in the fetal position Oh, with uh,
2: marks on his neck. Yeah. Oh, because when you're on Suicide Watch, one of the things is a forced cellmate.
1: Yeah, and the cellmate attacked him. Now, that that story was in the New York Post yesterday. Again, you never know what's true and what's not in the modern era. Maybe he got his bones and his neck broken then. I don't know. Right, right. And maybe he had it coming, too. What do you suppose the thread count is in these sheets? (laughs) They are so rough. Can you believe how rough these sheets are? Is this Egyptian cotton? F- <laughs> all right, that's it. <laughs> and, of course, we have to talk about the painting he had hanging in his home that became mm. uh, we all became aware of yesterday. That's our headline. Bill Clinton in a blue dress posing provocatively with a come-hither look in his eye. <laughs> great Scott. Has everybody seen this painting, painting by now that Epstein ha- had hanging prominently in his home? Have I, you seen this, Marshall? No. Nope. Take a look at this. We, and, see? and it was, it was prominent. Like you walked into the house and you would see that giant painting hanging Whoa. there. What is that? Wow. Bill Clinton lounging in a chair in a blue <laughs> dress and red high heels. Lounging provocatively. What kind yes. of a painting is that? Yes. yes. <laughs> wow. What does that mean? Pointing his finger at you. Yeah. I want you. Yes. What does that possibly mean? I, 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 Not Martin, I don't know. Cena I'm Marshall. just disturbed. I don't get I it again.
0: Wow, that one I, wow. <laughs> does, does anybody have a guess? Does, Look,
1: yeah. Looking at that painting has made me asexual. Does anybody have even a guess what that means? Yeah. What does it mean? It means something different to everyone who views it, Jack. Yes. That's what art is. Yes. What does it mean to you? That's the question. It means he's
2: got dirt on a lot
1: of
0: people. <laughs> I that's I what that means so. to me. Hey, what, the dress off the shoulder there? Oh, my God. It's it is, like in the movie Titanic, and yeah. he's telling Leo DiCaprio to paint him like right.
2: one of his French
1: girls. Right. right. Holy cats. So the blue dress, is that a Monica Lewinsky reference? Oh, oh clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, the... think about it. <laughs> oh, think about what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> think about what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. dot God. So. Uh, my only question is, are there reprints available? Oh, that's going to become... get a framed print. <laughs> that... You can get them on canvas so it looks, you know, like the original. That is going to become a popular poster. Oh, have, yes. have the memes begun with the comments on uh, below them? Because I want to I want to see what they the, begun. I want to see what people have come up with for that. Have you just uh, met the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> but I just I can't even imagine why you would commission a painting like that or or someone presented it to him. And he thought, fantastic. I'm going to hang it where everybody can see it in my $50 million apartment or whatever the heck that was. Right. Yeah, and it's big, too. Yeah. It's, yes. It's it's like this is what I'm really proud of. This right. Bill Clinton lounging on a chair in a dress and high heels painting. Jack, we call it a focal point. <laughs> no it's kidding. clearly clearly the focal point <laughs> as you enter the apartment. But the blue dress—if it's a Monica Lewinsky thing—so it's got nothing to do with the fact that they were buds and flew on the plane together and, or and, and partied with chicks. Or does it? It's the many sides of Bill Clinton.
2: What? It's to me, it's a look what I can do. Even Bill Clinton can't get me to take this down. Right? This—it's it, pr- a pure power move. That's, that's, oh, that's another pretty good. Interpretation. Yeah. That's
1: pretty good. I can mock. A popular president in my fabulous home where many of the most powerful people in the world come. Where that very person may have come through this
2: entryway and looked at this, and I don't have to worry about it for a second. Wow. That's pretty good. Oh, yep.
1: Wait yep. a minute. that That actually makes sense yeah. to me. Wow. Because wow. well, it's the darkest possible view of it. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you take the darkest view of that guy? He's right. a dark person. Right. You know, uh, we're starting an Armstrong and Getty uh, book club, podcast, or video cast thing. It's uh, going to debut, I think, next month. Uh, fascinating books and egg-headed commentators. Uh, I like this even better. Armstrong and Getty discuss art. That is pretty it's good. That, that might fit in with the guy's whole motive. I have a painting prominently displayed that mocks the president and powerful people come into my house, and I show it to him. I, I would wonder. also
2: I would also like to know when that was commissioned slash put up, right? Was mm-hmm. it when he was still in office? It, well, clearly it was after that, right? Because it references
1: the blue dress and all the scandal and things. If, but, well, that was when he was in. They could have uh, painted it real quick. Right, well, right. Well, it's an older Bill Clinton, though, definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. the gray hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'll be darned yeah let's introduce everybody in the squad we'll start and you know in honor of this painting we have all worn blue dresses and red high heels today off the shoulder look mine's a little, little fitting frankly <laughs> uh let's introduce everybody including our board operator Michelangelo pressing buttons flipping toggles pulling levers hard this morning Michael
0: uh pretty good I went over to the Apple store yesterday because my uh cell phone is not working and it turns out there's an antenna that needs to be repaired and so there I got an appointment all all that but so uh, the result is I can Use the phone wherever there's Wi-Fi, but I can't use it outside. You know, like if I break down or something, I can't call anybody. So mm. I've been running around with a series of noisemakers just for safety, like <laughs> whistles and horns and stuff like that. So and in the dark, you know, I've been blowing these things every a tambourine fi- every fifty feet to keep myself safe. So
1: it's it's interesting that uh, people drove around without cell phones for yeah. forever, and, and now there's a feeling that if you don't have your phone with you, oh my God, what will happen? Right. I looked at him. just die out on the road. That needs to be studied. That is, it's got to be part of the modern anxiety. Sure, it does. I was talking to a guy, a guy, tough guy, actually, like a seriously gets in fights, tough guy, who was talking about on a uh, he was traveling and his cell phone went out, and how it took him a long time to like come to terms with it, to come to peace with it, and he finally settled himself down and did some praying and and came to terms with the fact, okay, I don't, I don't have a cell phone, but things are going to be okay. If something happens, we'll figure it out. And I just thought, wow, that's we've made that's ourselves crazy. It's I, interesting.
2: I looked at one of those Thomas map guides a couple months ago. How did anybody get anywhere
1: using those one, things? I had oh, one in my trunk. Once you get the idea. I had one in my trunk. That's how I got everywhere. I was actually thinking of that when I was driving around Los Angeles with my, with my son. I, I I thought, I used to go on trips like this. And just figured out with a map where where my hotel was in a city like Los Angeles uh, yeah. you get
2: to where you got to turn left on McGillicuddy, now I got to jump ahead like it's a newspaper four
1: pages next to the,
2: you know the different pages on the maps oh, that's but it
1: was not much of a struggle. I did a lot of traveling and I didn't end up lost and, and, and starving somewhere. And pull over occasionally. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
2: Doing very well, but uh, not as well as big birds. It's been a big month for big birds. Uh, earlier this month, we we heard about Squawkzilla, right? That, uh, that three-foot-tall uh, bird thing about the size of a... Gigantic, prehistoric parrot. parrot. Yeah, Sean. the parrot that was about the size of a child. Right. Well, now there is... Uh, Also in New Zealand, scientists have discovered a monster penguin that lived some 60 million years ago. Uh, It is the oldest known penguin species, Crossvelia wapernisus, and it stood more than 5 feet tall and weighed more than 170 pounds. Wow, Wow. so
0: if it fought
1: the giant prehistoric parrot, you know, you got to like the monster penguin. Well, yeah, yeah. weight classes exist for a reason. Uh, Although, what weapon does a penguin wield exactly? Is it going to... Hit you with its wings, lay on you. That is a very large penguin. It's quite big. If DFP. that was your point, you have succeeded. That is a large penguin. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall?
0: I am doing quite well. I, as you know, have taken off the blue dress, and now you will see I am decked out in my tie-dye leisure suit for today's special anniversary. It was 50 years ago today, the Woodstock Music Peace and Love Festival kicked off, and Wavy Gravy declared. In heaven, man. Allie well, well, declared Marshall.
1: that in like one or two other words which we couldn't <laughs> get on the air.
0: And Wavy Cravey declared,
2: We must be in heaven, man.
1: There
0: you have it. Ah, it wasn't heaven, but it was quite a party significant to boomers like myself, but realistically an event that will most likely fade away with the passing of time.
1: Well they didn't have much luck getting that anniversary show going. <laughs> so the the twentieth anniversary in in ninety-nine?
0: Yes. Was that yes. the thirtieth
1: anniversary? Uh, yeah, uh, was, nobody's really sure. Was uh, was a big deal, yeah. but enough people have aged out of there that the fiftieth anniversary is kind of eh. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, I ain't got the time. I think <laughs> that an increasing awareness that okay, we could give it the same name, but what's the point? Right, exactly. Right. What are we doing? There are right? lots of rock festivals now. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is already Thursday, August fifteenth, year twenty where Armstrong and Getty. and We approve of this program. All right, then let's begin according to FCC rules and regs at mark. The band Guns N' Roses
0: has dropped a copyright lawsuit against a company that was selling a Guns N' Rose beer, which is good news for the makers of sweet child o' wine. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Guns and Rose. Oh
1: boy. Um how's the mailbag look? Oh, outstanding. My Gosh, the cleverness, the
0: insight. Awesome. How, what are other headlines there, Marshall? Well, another weird twist in the Epstein case could change homicide or suicide to homicide. We're waiting on Wall Street after yesterday's plunge, and one congressman catching a lot of heat after his comments about rape and incest populating the world.
1: Damn. I want to uh, talk about the coverage of yesterday's stock market drop. It's just so annoying. It's just so annoying. God, even 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 like Fox, who has no interest in a a recession. It's just so annoying the coverage. But we got a lot of stuff today. Hope you can join us on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Just watching a video of uh, bystanders taunting, shoving, and throwing objects at the cops in Philadelphia in the midst of that standoff in which six cops were shot. Very nice. Wow, we trying had... to get rid of the drugs that ruin neighborhoods. We got a problem. Yeah, I'd say we do. Oof. Well, well. keep demonizing the cops. Just, uh, Just the other day. Various uh, activist AOC and and others were saying that uh, ICE agents are like Nazis and uh, all companies should boycott doing business with them and that they commit human rights atrocities and the rest of it. It's just, it's insane. Just keep demonizing each other, America. It'll, It'll end fine. It'll be great. Keep getting that rhetoric hotter and hotter. Oh boy. Mailbag. Our freedom-loving quote of the day is uh, somewhat lengthy today. Uh, Maybe we can do some bonus mailbag a little bit later on, but I love it so much. Margaret Thatcher. I think we've been through a period where too many people have been given to understand that if they have a problem, it's the government's job to cope with it. I have a problem. I'll get a grant. I'm homeless. The government must house me. They're casting their problem on society. And you know, there is no such thing as society. There are individual men and women, and there are families, and no government can do anything except through people. And people must look at themselves first. It's our duty to look after ourselves, and then also to look after our neighbor. People have got the entitlements too much in mind without the obligations. There's no such thing as entitlement unless someone else has first met an obligation. So who's that from? Margaret Thatcher. I uh, I was thinking the other day about when I was down and out in Kansas City, one of the low points of my life. That I brought upon myself with bad decisions and bad planning. Um and and uh and I don't know if it was I, I honestly don't know if it was the way I was raised. The culture I grew up in maybe. It just it never occurred to me when I was broke and struggling in Kansas City that it was anybody else's fault. I mean, I, I regularly beat up myself for how did you think this was going to work, you idiot? Or you should have done a, you should have worked a lot harder at trying to get a job. I didn't, I didn't work hard enough at it. Mm. But it, it never occurred to me. How that about was, the system? How the system that, had that, cheated you? That never. And what the government should be doing for you? That never once crossed my mind. And yeah. I think it would be worth studying myself to figure out why that is. Mm. Never thought it's the economy or the, the, the modern world or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just never even, never even thought of it. Didn't even, didn't enter. Obviously, we'll get to the email later. Uh, I was talking to a young person not too long ago, a person who's looking for a job, and they were talking about how you know they might lose their apartment because they have no money, and and uh, employers discriminate you uh, against you if you're homeless, and that's not fair. And I said, well, they might make the judgment that you've so screwed up your life you can't make your an apartment your apartment payment, and they don't want somebody who's so screwed up their lives they've done that. And he said, oh yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I ended up moving away. You want to talk away. about an opposite. I moved away because I couldn't afford to live there. That's a tragic tale. Very sad. Speculation still running rampant on the uh, painting of Bill Clinton in a blue dress and high heels. Mm. That, was, that was hanging in Jeffrey Epstein's super expensive uh, New York apartment. What does that painting mean? What the hell? And I say it means different things to everyone who views it. That's the beauty of art, Jack. You don't honestly think it's just art? Oh yes, it's got to have some art. big political message mm-hmm. or cultural. It's, it's got. It's a message of some sort. I'm clearly a moron then. I just look like it is Bill Clinton in a dress just like Monica's wearing. That's ironic. <laughs> that's my reaction. I like Sean's theory that you marched the most important people in the yeah. world through this place, and you got a, pr- a big painting mocking a president hanging in there. Right. That's how big a deal you are. Well, that's how many strings you hold in your hands just ready to yank them. Huh. News now with Marsha Phillips.
0: Well, the mystery surrounding the death of sex criminal Jeffrey Epstein deepens after his autopsy finds several broken bones in his neck, particularly the hyoid by the Adam's apple. Now, the old hyoid. Yep. the convicted... Any fan of detective novels knows the hyoid. The convicted sex offender found dead in his Manhattan jail cell this past Saturday. Again, multiple broken neck bones. One expert telling the Washington Post, some of the injuries were more common in homicides than suicide. More common, you say? Yes. but So still common in the other one. Hmm. But he also goes on to say it doesn't rule out suicide by hanging. Epstein was in federal custody at the time of his death. He was waiting for trial on the various and sundry charges facing him.
1: Now, that's, uh, I don't know. So is there anything to that? No. No?
0: Yeah. You, you know, as is, is you're uh, meeting the end, your
1: body thrashes once or twice. That's enough to break your heart. rate or or, you got a ligature around your neck. Or he was super committed to it. He might have really thrust himself forward when he was trying to take himself out of this. I wonder.
0: Yeah, the office of the New York uh, City's chief medical examiner completed the autopsy on Sunday, but still has listed the cause of his death as pending. So they still have huh. not come out with a conclusive cause of death. All right, at this time, the opening bell should be ringing this morning after a really bad day on Wall Street, meaning it's good time for a positive, Sean, one-word market report.
2: The market is resilient.
1: There you go. Right. And, and, and everybody knows it's resilient. <laughs> Almost all the time. That's no reason to prevent people from shouting, Doom! DOOM! Please watch! Please listen! There is DOOM! Please give us ratings! Please! Now on your Trump-hating channels, they want there to be a recession because they realize that their candidates aren't going to do it, the House isn't going to impeach him, maybe a recession would get him out of office. So uh, the, the, the MSNBC, CNN, they, they're really rooting for a recession. But over on, even on Fox, the reporting of this sort of stuff to try to scare people people today looking at their 401ks and really shaking their heads and wondering, it's going to be, unless you had to take all your money out of your 401k yesterday by 5 o'clock. I'm (laughs) retiring today I want it all in cash. (laughs) Well, you're retiring and you have to have it all out today. You couldn't even wait till this weekend. Right. It's going to be back to the number it was at before in a couple of days. That's where you're wrong. We have the inverted (laughs) yield curve disaster. Inverted yield curve. Now, so Alert. it's just a lie for all the cable news networks or anybody to act like your 401k was seriously in danger yesterday. Oh, well, who checks that's it every day? Just, Are you out of your it's mind? It's just a lie. <laughs> and why did they do it? They I, have I to know better. it already. But there's, some of the people I'm looking at, they're smart people. If it bleeds, it leads. If there's fire, it goes higher. Fear and doom get eyes and ears. Wow, You're assuming weak. their goal is somehow to
2: make the world a better place. <laughs> Yeah, no that's kidding. Not their goal at all. No kidding, John.
0: What? What?
1: What? What's missing here? Well, they're also you've sh- worked with these people. They have no souls. They're also treating their viewers as really stupid. Yes. Sure, that's Idi- part of it. Wow. How do you have a job and a four hundred one k if you haven't noticed that every once in a while something happens, it goes down, and within two days it's back to the an old number again, or two months or two years, unless you're going to be and if you're a, a day away from retiring and you have all your money in high flying stocks, you're stupid. Now, <laughs> Michael, as long as we're at this point in the program, yeah. alert listener Paul pointed out that our alarm sounds uh, tend to be fairly similar. Do we have the classic alarm sound for earthquakes and, and, and severe weather and, and inverted yield curves and World War III and Russia? It's and funny. The, the... I, I see that alarm in black and white. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It sounds like it would be in black and white. And we have a couple of uh, options for our new inverted yield curve warning sound. Can we play? uh... That's pretty good. I mean, now it says to me, oh, my God, short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. Uh, That sound. Do we have another uh, possibility? (laughs) There's an inverted yield curve. An inverted yield curve is coming. Take shelter. From the inverted yield car- That's pretty good. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's try that other one. Take shelter. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm. Showtime rates are... Oh, you stopped it short <laughs> Showtime <laughs> rates are higher than long-term rates. Protect your family.
0: That's pretty good take, too.
1: take shelter. We'll leave it up to you, Michael. So the last time this happened, yeah. 2 years later, there was a recession and so, rampant cannibalism in the streets. So what am I supposed to do to plan if there might be a recession 2 years from now? Develop two a years taste from now for human flesh, <laughs> right? Exactly. You got to you know have like a pork chop and a couple of bites of human flesh. Wow. And then the next night like half and half just to ease it in. Oof. It's like
0: introducing your dog to a new diet. Oh. <laughs> One man who was not terribly concerned about his 401k, boxing legend Mike Tyson, who is <laughs> revealing that he and his business partner really loved to smoke weed.
1: What do we smoke a month? Is it, it
0: 40000
1: a know.
0: month? Yeah, 40000 a we month. We smoke
2: 10 tons of weed at yeah. the ranch a month. That's That seems like a made-up is number. Isn't
0: that crazy? That's Tyson and yeah. former NFL I, player turned marijuana advocate Eden Britton, uh, making the big reveal on the Boxers podcast. Yes. I don't
1: believe that you're smoking twenty thousand pounds of marijuana a month.
0: <laughs> I do believe that you are starting
2: some sort of marijuana bed and breakfast resort. So it's in yes. your best interest to make it <laughs> right. make you yes. appear some sort of you know goodwill so, ambassador of weed or something. Right.
1: They've you know? got a marijuana bed and breakfast. It's, yep.
2: it's full on like resort land. Oh, like wow. you, you can go on like little pot rides and stuff. Right. I, I don't know, but it's <laughs> <laughs> they, they're trying to do some sort of big uh, vacation destination right. pot thing.
0: Yeah. The ranch includes a campground. They're going to have music festivals in the world's longest lazy river, along with crops of Tyson's <laughs> own special strain. Wow, Disneyland nice. for potheads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> I call it the Iron Mike Strain. You
1: you get high so fast it's like you got punched in the face. <laughs> we we have a we have a culture now where we will ruin good people over something minor, and you're like out of work. Yes, and then you can also have he's a convicted rapist and ear chewer offer, right? And we are you know, speaking of cannibalism or a Snoop Dogg or whatever, and you can rehabilitate people, so it can go both directions, right? With the uh, whole uh, modern media thing. Yeah, yeah. Well observed. <laughs> You can have a sexy, sexy Bill Clinton reclining in a uh, blue dress (laughs) and red pumps.
0: Do you remember the time we had Don King in the studio, guys? Oh, yeah. How could
1: we forget? I don't believe we spoke a word, did we? Wearing the most gaudy jeans jacket I've ever seen in my life. The sequined one with the American... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. When we saw him at the, the Trump's convention... The The Republican convention. Wasn't he wearing the same jacket? Yes. Don King? What I'm oh, saying? yeah. yeah. You spend what he spent on that jacket. You wear it a couple of times. <laughs> or all the time. Don King. Speaking of... He killed a guy. He was a street fighter and brawler and, and hustler and, and criminal. The guy and might have had it coming. Yeah, you, know, you know, you weren't there. That's right. And he, uh, you got to guess, if you haven't checked out the painting, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Epstein had a painting in his apartment prominently displayed of Bill Clinton in a blue dress and red high heels. Yeah. What the yeah. hell does that mean? Oh, boy. It means something guess. different to everyone. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. I want to know what it meant to Epstein, though. Ah. What did it mean to him? 415-295-KFTC. Maybe it just meant, boy, I'd love to see old Bill Clinton in a tight dress. <laughs> it could be. He just was a, a perv. It could be that simple. Yeah. you You don't know. I think he would look good in this outfit. Yeah. Bill. Have you ever considered, I don't know, I realize the irony of this, but putting on this blue dress, would you do that for me? Um, I'll fly you to my rapey island again. Come on. I got some size 11 red pumps here. Slip these on, huh? Oh, that's good. That's good, yeah. The way he's sitting sideways in the chair with his legs over the arms. Oh, boy. That's way an older man usually sits. Troubling again. Just glimpsing (laughs) that painting once has turned to be asexual. (laughs) (laughs) I believe I no longer have any sexual desire at all. Check it out at (laughs) armstrongandgetty.com.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh,
1: God. Is wow. this in reference to Bill Clinton in the dress? Yeah. And in reference to a great song Hot Chocolate, right? Bill Clinton in a blue dress and red high heels. It's a painting. Jeffrey Epstein had in his gazillion-dollar apartment. Uh, we have it linked at armstrongandgetty.com. Check it out. What does it mean? It trying to get one more crime to charge him with if he was still alive. Yikes. It'll haunt my dreams. You per- probably heard about all those uh, police officers shot in Philadelphia yesterday. Um, the way the crowd was treating them is really something. we got to talk oh, about boy. that later. Yeah, because yeah, they're trying to serve and protect. So, a little bonus mailbag, and the reason I, I'm excited about this is it touches on a bunch of stories uh, very quickly that we've all been hearing about and talking about in the last couple of days. But first, Matt, uh, with a note from beautiful Macomb, Illinois, central Illinois. I spent a number of pleasant years of my life there. On yesterday's show, Jack mentioned that Wednesday is his trash day. That's interesting. My trash day is Thursday. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> That's a nice note. Matt is hilarious. <laughs> If he's not the funniest guy in Macomb, Illinois, I want to know who is. That's my uh I don't know, uh, soft attempt to just be a regular guy. <laughs> show my my regular guyness. Sure. You're just like everybody. Right. I have trash to take out and I have a trash day just like you do. I love this idea from Bridget. Uh Joe, like you, I have a love of putting words together like scroomed. That was one of the big slogans on the show. We're scroomed. Um we're screwed like, and we're doomed. You mean like Benefer and no, no, more like scroomed, and uh, it's a, it's an honor, it, it's a pleasure, it's an honor, it's a planner Um, Stay so, ca- staycation is that we? Oh yours? boy, is that yours mine are better. <laughs> horrifarious horrifarious no, is probably our greatest achievement in that, because there are stories you hear that we bring you that are simultaneously horrifying and hilarious. They're horrifarious. and you don't want to be seen laughing about them, right? But, but you are. Anyway, so she writes, I thought you might like this one that combines the G word that we've vowed not to use anymore. You're going to search the internet, duck, duck, go it, or start page it. Don't say Google. So she says, uh, how about this? Combines the G word with your distaste for that said evil empire, <laughs> Refer Start referring to Google as Scroogle. I like that. KSI, <laughs> keep slamming it. Bridget. Oh. In Hillsburg, California. Keep slamming it, Bridget. Americans are slow to wake up.
0: Once we do wake up, we slam it like nobody's business. Slam it. Slam, slam, slam. slam it. Slam it. Slam it. Slam it. Slam,
1: slam it. Slam it. Slam it. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. Guys, I'm not a gun owner, but I support the Second Amendment. Uh, says Star. For those who uh, believe it, it's better to deprive legal law-abiding gun owners the right to own firearms because they mistakenly believe it, even if it saves one life, it's worth it. Isn't the same logic true to prevent all illegal immigrants into the U.S.? It'd be worth it to stop it if it could prevent a single death. Mm, That's an interesting Regardless if it deprives decent... Right, right. You hear that illogic, that emotional illogic all the time from the left. I like that. We need to stop... All illegal immigrants from entering the country and those in the country we need to ship out. Because even if that prevents a single death, it's worth it. Yeah, I like that. Nice thinking there, Star. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I like this. This is uh, someone who who knows someone who works for uh, human services. That's your welfare in a conservative county in California. Believe it or not, there are a lot of them. If you live somewhere else in America. That office administers 19 different public assistance programs. 19 different ones. Um, My friend left that employer a few years back because of one reason. Employee productivity and promotions were measured almost entirely by how much public assistance an employee could provide to applicants. The more you could hand out, the more effective you were seen as. So if you could come up with, like, six different overlapping programs. And whether whether a the money. person qualified or not. Right. You're promoted. Wow. You, How do you like that? Taxpayer. Listen to this. Wow. If you denied assistance, even when the law called clearly for denial, employees were given poor evaluations and were shunned by the other employees. And that was in conservative Placer County, California. Can you uh, can only imagine how places like, you know, she mentioned some liberal or he he, uh, some liberal counties, uh, the way they behave. Uh, You know, so here here's a here's an opportunity to be uh, fair with myself. Um, I was talking earlier about this has been on my mind uh, recently. The low point in my life. I remember my uncle Carl sitting down at the family reunion. He said, when you were in Kansas City working those three jobs, was that the low point? He said this to me years later. I said, "Yeah, that was the low point." And then he told me about his low point mm-hmm. in his life. Uh, everybody has low points. Hopefully, you don't have uh, many of them, or keep setting new records for low points. But um, I, uh, I, I was living in Kansas City, and uh, I did have three jobs, and and had no money, and I was really struggling. And it was, and and as I said earlier, which sounds like it's a credit to me, I never thought for a second that it was anybody's fault that like the rent was too high because of some corporation or the economy was screwing me. I just never crossed my mind. Mm. I just thought I didn't have a very good plan or I haven't tried hard enough to get a job. And I ended up moving to a a cheaper town where I could afford to live rather than continuing to be hungry in a town where I couldn't afford to live. But anyway, here's the flip side. If you think that's just to be self-serving, I know that I know my own personality well enough at that point in my life when I was 23 years old, if, if you had gotten me on like three different assistance plans yeah. where I was making my rent and feeding myself, oh, I, I, w- I would like to think, no, I would have worked as hard as I could to get off of that because that ruins my dignity. Yeah, that ain't what would have happened. Right. I would have let it slide for a long time until be- until it became so comfortable I'm not sure I could have gotten out of it right. if I could have stayed in Kansas City Paying my apartment and having food with uh, with taxpayers picking up the dime. Yep, I I would just kept doing it. I just honestly I would have. Well, it's a massive cultural shift. I mean, you and your uncle talking about low points. I remember my low point. It made me work really hard to get out of it, and and like AOC considers it a tragedy, a tragedy and a sign of oppression that you had to work multiple jobs to get by.
0: She got them real tries. Yeah, she does
1: got them. She I mean, got them. She got them. I lived but in. I'm an not ex- sure that's relevant. I lived in an expensive town compared to what I was used to, and didn't have any particular skills to bring to employers. And no. I wasn't working very hard at putting those skills in front of employers. <laughs> so, so that's why I was struggling. You were exploited by the patriarchy. And I just I think it's weird. I actually want to know the answer to this question. Why did it never cross my mind, even for a second, that it was somehow the system's fault? Cultural norms. It has to be. Oh, absolutely. Because I had never been around anybody who said that. Right. I think that's why. I had never been around anybody where I grew up in western Kansas who had ever said, you know, I can't do this because of... Google or right, government or right. the, this company is keeping me from being able to afford. Well, no, it seems ridiculous. I've never heard anybody say that from the point of view of a more uh, traditional American. That, that idea is ridiculous. You know, it's funny. That reminds me of a story from a similar time. Actually, in my life, I had my first job after college and I wasn't working. For, I wasn't making very much money at all. And I told my dad how much I was making for a position that, you know, is fairly demanding. Um, and he said, you know, you're really underpaid. You ought to ask for a raise. So I went in and asked for a raise. And my boss said, well, you could work harder. He said, I, how about you do a better job? i give you a raise. And I thought, oh, you know what? There is no counterargument to that. And so I did, and I got a little raise, and I thought, that's not enough. This job is not my future. I'm moving on, and I moved on. And it's fine. It was fine. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, I was a little poverty-stricken, but it's, it's all right. But the other end of it, where you're just talking about getting people on various programs, God, if I had oh, been please. able to nope. slide... And make my rent and pay the food. I don't know how much longer I would have. I would have lived that life quite a while. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People act like people have acted forever, and people will continue to act that way. I don't want anybody to starve to death or die of disease. But man, you want a better life, work harder. Period. We Go got, forth. Have a great day. Got some decent guesses on the Bill Clinton painting. We'll have to get to those. Oh. Armstrong and Getty.